Hey, I'm glad y'all joined me again. Um, I have another title that I would like to deal with, and I'm very excited about this one. This has really been sitting with me for a while, um, and I've titled it An Ordained Way, okay? Um, An Ordained Way, and this is the story of Moses, but what I want to deal with today um is his mother um i know that many of you especially if you grew up in a time era like me you've seen the prince of egypt but there's very little um just attention given to moses mother um and her name is jochebed and i just wanted to talk about her today because there are some things we can learn from her. She is one of the women in the Bible, um, but her name is Jochebed. Now, it is spelled J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D, all right? Um, but I want to give you some um, background of it, and we're going to just move on. Um, Jochebed is the best known for her God-given role as um, Moses' mother. Um, her husband's name is... Um, Amram, uh, who uh, also happened to be her nephew. You know, back then it was something. All right. They were both from the tribe of Levi. Um, and so in the story, you learn that, um, well, let's go backwards. Um, right before um, Moses was born, um, it goes back to the story of Joseph. Okay. Um, of course, we know that Joseph had favor with Pharaoh, um, but what happens is after Joseph is reigning, you know, there's a new uh, Pharaoh, a new king that comes in that's not really fond of Joseph, that's not really fond of the children of Israel, and so what happens is he brings slavery in, all right? Um, he brings slavery in and it gets to the point that he's oppressing the children of Israel so bad that they keep multiplying and they keep producing. All right. That should tell you something right there. I don't care how oppressed you are. If you're God's chosen people, you're still going to be producing, man. So um, it goes to say that um, in Exodus uh, 1 and 12, that the more that they were oppressed, uh, the more that they multiply and the more they spread abroad, the Egyptians um, were in dread of the people of Israel. So they didn't want to be outnumbered. That should tell you something. They didn't want to be outnumbered because they didn't know they were going to rise up and outnumber the Egyptians and actually start a war or fight back. Man, I mean, are you in a place that people are scared of you rising up and fighting back? So what they do is they try to kill your purpose. They try to kill your dreams. They try to kill what you're trying to birth because they're afraid of you rising up. All right, I'm, I'm getting started. When I tell you I'll sit with this story for a minute, um, but it's been great. It's been great. So in an effort to keep the Hebrews from multiplying, uh, Pharaoh attempted to have the Hebrew midwives kill the firstborn male. I mean, I'm sorry, kill the male babies, excuse me. Um, and when the midwives obeyed God rather than Pharaoh and refused to kill the babies, Pharaoh commanded the Egyptian people to throw male Hebrew, Hebrew babies into the Nile River. But the female babies he allowed to keep, he allowed to keep alive. 
So he was okay with them keeping the girls because back then we were slave. It was no telling that they probably, you know, came together and tried to, you know, um, have children with the Hebrew women, you know. So it's okay for me to produce after my own kind, but it's not okay for you to produce your own. And you have to watch people in situations like that. It's, it's okay for, um, you know, me to produce, but it's not okay for you to produce. That's not God, all right? Um, so it's unclear if uh, Jochebed was born into slavery in Egypt or if the oppression came um, during her lifetime. And so, you know, I'm giving you a kind of backdrop to Jochebed because she's not talked about a lot. You know, a lot of people say, well, she gave up her her son, you know, um, in today's terms. You know, she gave her son up for adoption, but she hid, kept him hid, kept Moses hid for three months. How do you keep a baby hid for three months? You know, um, how do you? Um, just go about your, your life and, and your time and hide a baby for three months. Nobody see the baby. Um, is the baby crying? You know, um, you know, does he have a dirty diaper? You know, like, can somebody tell that he's around, you know? And so she kept him hid for three months. Sometimes we get into a place where we don't want to keep things hid because we, we want everybody to see what we're doing. But take heart, you know, take courage that if God's telling you to hide something or don't, you know, birth something yet or show somebody what you birth. Don't get in your feelings. Understand that you might be in a place in a time where a lot of oppression is going on. A lot of things are going on that are meant to kill what you have birthed. Okay. So, all right. Walk with me. Talk with me. So I'm like an ordained way. I said, God, what do you mean by that? Moses had a pathway just like there was a problem. God birthed something through Jochebed to relieve the problem. Whatever God is birthing through you, you know, he wasn't going to let the children of Israel stay enslaved. That's the thing, though. Oh, we Just because you're in some right now, it doesn't mean that God has not prepared an ordained way or he has not prepared someone to come and set you free from whatever you're in. All right? Just like there was a problem, God providing the answer. Every time, like he sent somebody. He sent somebody every time in the Bible. If he didn't send somebody, he sent the angel. If he didn't send the angel, he sent a bird. If he didn't send a bird, he sent a donkey. God sends answers, but are we listening? We think that we are oppressed. We think that we're forgotten about, that our God does not look upon us and does not see our need. But I promise you, he has ordained in a way. Now, we know that we uh, that she put him in a basket um, to protect him, all right? Uh, and you would be like, how are you going to put him in a basket and protect him and let him float um, through the uh, through the river, uh, now river? Now, this is the thing, though. Understanding this, he was around reptiles and things that could have eaten him, okay? He was, it seemed like she put him in a more dangerous place, okay, uh, to protect him. But she ended up, you know, um, actually being able to see that he was okay. Um, she ended up being able to, uh, you know, nurse and wean him. God is not just going to take something from you. If God is taking something from you, he's trying to, you know, reveal a greater purpose. 
okay? A lot of times he's going to take it from you for a season to reveal a greater purpose. But we can't, you know, have a hard time parting ways with it to the point that, oh, when God asks for something, we refuse to let it go, you know? And I've been there. I I have been there. I literally have cried like, God, you gave me this. Now you're taking this away? No, he's taking it away for a season. Why is he taking it away for a season? Because that thing that he gave you is going to serve a greater purpose. And if you're not careful, you'll hold on to something. What if she held on to Moses? He probably would end up, you know, dead. Or he probably, you know, would have gotten to Pharaoh's house on time and his uh daughter wouldn't have found him in the river god has ordained a way he has set up a way and i keep saying that he has set up a way that you cannot slow down the process because of you and because of your human um you know fears you cannot slow down that process if god is telling you to do something he knows something that's far off he knows something's going to happen down the line so if he's telling you to do something right now it may seem like it's not the time it may seem like it doesn't make sense for me to do it right now but do it because if somebody waited to receive you at a specific time for a specific purpose and if you don't get there on time then you're gonna be blaming god and telling him that he's a liar but man it's an ordained way so jochebed is of course moses mother now I can only imagine how she felt, you know, just selling her child down the river, like allowing him to go down that river, not knowing what was going to happen to him and knowing what was in the river. Sometimes, you know, a deliverer rises up from a, a obscure place, from a place that they're not even supposed to even be there. If you feel like, man, I'm not even supposed to be here in this world. Maybe you are a deliverer and you don't know it. Maybe you're the only one in your family that, you know, you're the outcast, the, the black sheep, the person that doesn't even fit in with anybody, even people with your last name or say, same DNA. Like you may be a deliverer of a nation, of your people, of your family. Don't count yourself out. Don't count yourself unworthy. You ever seen somebody just come out of nowhere and they just come on the scene and they kill it, especially like in the entertainment business. They come on the scene killing. Now, I promise you, they've been working, but it's the first time you, you didn't seen them. All right. And if you don't know them, then that's the first time you've seen them. But if they've been around, somebody can say, oh, they've been grinding. They've been grinding. Same thing with you, with your business, with, you know, your life. God going to put you on the scene so quick and people people will be like, oh, you killing. Oh, you, you're doing good. You're, you know, you're excelling. But you already know that you have come from an obscure place. You've already come from a place of nothing. You've come from a place of where everything around you is death. Everything around you is no pro, uh, no productivity. You, you're coming from an obscure place. It's an ordained way, okay? Now, he gets to Pharaoh's house. His daughter, you know, gets him out the basket and, and everything now mind you um moses is the baby so you got aaron you got miriam that's his brother and sister so it's three of them okay so i can only imagine how the brother and sister felt as well like okay he gets to rule in pharaoh's house and have this whole different life than we do and we're slaves you know i can see the the tension that can rise there even though it wasn't his fault 
I can see the tension that can rise when, okay, he, you know, gets to, you know, be in Pharaoh's house and even uh, Pharaoh treats him like his son, you know. So that may feel, make him feel like Aaron feel like really or Marion feel like I want to, you know, be in their house too. Um, and we don't talk about sibling rivalry. We don't talk about, you know, how some siblings can get when, you know, um, they're not in the same place or whatever. And I know some people have experienced that, you know, grateful, grateful enough. I haven't experienced that. I have great siblings, but, um, I understand, you know, their point of view, like, man, you know, you sell him down the river. He's in Pharaoh's house. It's like he is having the best life ever. He's a deliverer. Okay. God has a plan for him. We're glad he's okay. But why are we still slaves? You know, so same thing as time goes on it's an ordained way god god's purpose for you may not be revealed right then and there as a baby his his purpose was not revealed as a baby maybe to his mother but his purpose wasn't just revealed sometimes it take god 10 years sometimes it takes 12 years you don't know but that purpose is going to come forth regardless of how you got there some of y'all feel like, man, I'm, I'm in this place right now and I'm oppressed and uh, I don't feel like I can do any better. I always feel like somebody got their foot on my neck. I always feel like somebody always trying to bring me down or whatever. I feel like I can never get ahead um, in business or in my career or in my personal life. It just seems like I'm always in a place where I should not be. When I tell you the purpose of God will override where you are, who you are, and what labels have been put on you. Think about it. Moses was in a palace, in a house, dressed nice and everything. But his purpose, when he collided with his purpose, he literally left. You know, he killed one of the Egyptian um, slave masters or whatever. But there was something going on emotionally uh mentally going on with him because he was figuring out i don't like this my heart is not accepting this slavery it's not accepting you hurting my people he knew he was a hebrew you know but i can't accept this anymore and when you stop accepting the norm that's when that purpose starts to you know you know spring up if you ever notice that some stuff that bother you um that might not bother anybody else has a direct link to your purpose, just in case you didn't know that. Um, I know for me, I couldn't stand for people to, you know, be hurt or I couldn't stand for people to, you know, be, you know, done wrong for whatever purpose. I couldn't stand for people for people to be bullied. I couldn't stand for people to not have their own voice and not speak up for themselves. Um, I couldn't stand to hear <laughs> um, a choir not sing in three-part harmony or sing together or just sound good. Or there are certain things that stuck out to me and irked me. And I understood that that was a part of my purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like you yourself, you might get frustrated because um, the decorations in the church look horrible. You might be, that might be a part of your purpose, you know, that might tell you something about yourself. You know, you might can't stand when people, um, don't say a scripture right, or they, you know, mishandle the word. A lot of times 
you might be a teacher of the word and don't know it, you know? Same thing. You have to find your purpose in your frustration. I'm going to say that again. You have to find your purpose in your frustration. If you find your frustration, you're going to find your purpose. And that's the simplest way I can put it. If you're still searching like, God, what I'm supposed to do, who am I supposed to be? Look at what you're frustrated about. Sometimes, like, things that stick out to me, like if I'm in a store and I see a child, you know, wilding in the floor and doing the most and the parent looks stressed and stuff like that, naturally I want to go over and help because I work with children. You know, that's that's my, you know, career path. That's my, my choice. Um, I love, you know what I'm saying? I love children. So I know that's a part of my purpose because it frustrates me when a child's doing the, the most or the parents overwhelmed or the child's not being taken care of or, you know, just those different things. Same thing with Moses. Moses starts seeing the oppression of his people and he was like, I can't take this anymore. So he got angry. He got frustrated and he ended up killing the Egyptian uh, slave master and then he fled. All right. And then that's when God comes in and speaks to him through the burning bush. Do we have to have a burning bush experience for us to operate and do what God called us to do? Or can we just do it because we already know what God is prompting our spirit to do? Sometimes we want God to pull out so many dramatic features to get our attention. And we already know what God is saying, but we won't walk in it because I have to have 17 confirmations. You know, I've done an episode when I said I don't need confirmation. I just need the confidence. Sometimes you just need the confidence to do what you already know what you need to do. And what I like about Jokovic, like, she could have went through a series of emotions. Like, this is my child. I can't believe they're trying to kill my child and keep the child hidden. But she listened to God. She listened to God. And she did something that scared her. She felt like I put my baby in danger I put my baby in harm's way but sometimes God has to make a way out of no way let me let me say that again sometimes God has to make a way out of no way you already see what's in front of you is not gonna work and that is equal to death but when God gives you a word man when God gives you a word I don't care you can have death on every side. You can have death around you. But when God gives you a word, that word is what's going to keep you. And I say this to anybody. If God has spoken his word over you, that is what's keeping you. Just like we have the sun that continues to shine. We have the clouds in the sky. We have our world that was spoken into existence one time. We have a world that we live in, all right? That was spoken into existence one time. He said, let there be light. All right. He gave us water. He gave us the different elements uh, of the earth. Okay. He did that one time. He created the animals one time. And they kept producing. Man. Okay. Follow me. Follow me. He did something one time. God did something one time. And his people, his creation kept producing. Man, let that sit right there. So God speaks a word into your life one time and tell you, hey, you're going to be a nurse. Hey, you're going to be um, a business owner. If he says it one time, that's all it takes. But a lot of times what we get into is 
we hear 17 people tell us no and we forget about that one yes. We have 50 people telling us, girl, you can't do that. And we forget about the one girl, you got this. We, we, we get into a pattern that we forget that if it just take one time for God's word to be uphold, like for centuries, for years, through the galaxies, through growth, through um, being destroyed, through war, through famine, all that God spoke one time and we still have the sun. We still have trees. We still, you know, have life being produced even in a dead situation. Man, it takes one time. I'm trying to tell somebody it takes one time for God to tell you who you are. You can't allow people who don't know anything about your future to give you guidance. I'm going to say that again. That's what we're getting off wrong in the first place. If I don't know where I'm going, say, for instance, I don't know where I'm going. How am I going to help you get to where you're going to go? That's why you have to choose your leaders wisely. Choose wisely. Because if they cannot see further than you can, it's no point. It is no point. That's why you have to have a relationship for yourself with God. But if I can't show you how to get down the street, because I've never been, it defeats the purpose. And I'll tell any leader, you cannot take people where you have not been. Because I used to be like, Lord, I don't have nothing to give nobody because I ain't been there all week. And I used to tell the Lord that I, I can't take them nowhere because I ain't been there. And God graciously, graciously will give me something to give to others. Even when I myself did not put in the time and effort. You know, I haven't always been perfect. But you as a leader, you cannot take somebody somewhere that you have not scoped out the area and went yourself. How do you not know that where you're taking people is not dangerous or it's going to hurt or harm them? You have to go first and what? Scope out the city. You got to first possess the land, Joshua. Okay? So even in all that, Jochebed is just a woman that I admire because she went on a word. She went on an assurance that God's going to take care of my baby. She hid him for three months. She weaned him. That's the only time that she had with him until he got to Pharaoh's house. And then she was able to join him a little bit later. Okay. So, I mean, that's, it's crazy. But a lot of us, we don't want to let go of what is going to actually deliver us later. You know, sometimes we create things or um, do things. And we're like, man, I don't want to let this go, you know. But if God give you a word to let it go, it's going to come back to you in a different season. Okay. So I'm, I'm saying that as an encouragement, there is an ordained way. This was already calculated. This was already planned. This was already brought together. This was already, you know, um, just really mapped out. And just because your path has been treacherous don't mean you're not a deliverer. Okay. Um, you have to be drawn from many waters and many waters means different currents, different ways of life, different movements, different paths. Okay. If you coming from different paths and your life has not been squeaky clean and you haven't been in church all your life, that's cool. Um, if you have been in many situations and, and different things that should have taken you out, 
God is calling you to be a deliverer. Not for you to become a God, but for you to actually show people the way out of where they are. Okay? Now, it was saying that the people of Israel were oppressed. Have you ever thought that maybe Moses was being suppressed? Everything that he was. Now, mind you, he's, he, he's Hebrew. Everything that he was was being suppressed. You know, they was making him act like an Egyptian, look like an Egyptian, you know, handle things like an Egyptian. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you are what you are, that's what's going to come out. I don't care how many labels people try to put on you. I don't care how many times people try to make you conform to what makes them feel comfortable. You know, and they were showering him with, you know, nice things. But if it's in you, that's what's going to come out. Who you are, it's going to come out. And so that's why I'm just like, whatever has been set up to suppress you, is not going to suppress you any longer. Because who you are, is who you are. And you can't be somebody that you're not. You cannot be somebody that you're not. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through right now, some of y'all are feeling oppressed and suppressed because you're trying to be something that you're not. If God has called you to be a dancer, be a dancer, okay? If God has called you to be um, a doctor, be a doctor. Stop trying to be a teacher, okay? If God has called you to be, um, um, just be what? I, I mean, you you name it, you know? If God has called you to be a business owner, then why are you still working for somebody else? A lot of times we feel suppressed and oppressed because we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and we're not going on that word that's been spoken to us. We're scared to launch our baby, our purpose, our promise into a river of just, you know, the unknown. All right. And so I just want to encourage you, just like uh, Jokovic, she was an awesome mother. Some people would be like, oh, you abandoned your child. No, nope. she ended up taking care of him after the fact okay but she had to trust the process you know and so that's what makes this story so good to me i hope that you were encouraged today um that your your way is ordained that it's not just happenstance that things have happened the way that they have um but god has drawn you out of many waters um and if you're a moses to the nation you're a moses to our community you're a moses to your family you know take heart in that don't feel like that's a bad thing that's a good thing because that means you are an answer to something that has been going on with god's people and you can't just take down because i'm in a place and they're trying to make me be this and be that all right i love y'all